Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Vix, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Vix ya. Today we chat with Dr. Kelly Cleary pediatrician, allergy mom, and advocate for the food allergic, their families, and their caregivers. Reality is, one in 13 children are living with food allergies, and many others impacted by their tolerances and other conditions. And we need to do better to be more inclusive and empathetic to this community. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Good morning, Pamela. Hi, good morning, Karen. Good morning, good afternoon. Hello, everyone. We're in the middle of our favorite season of all times. Listen, I'm wearing a sweater. I'm sweating. (laughs) I'm sweating, but I'm wearing a sweater. It's like 90 degrees in Miami, but it's the fall. I don't care. So we're embracing all things fall and Halloween and everything. Pamela, you have pumpkins out. So So my house is getting decorated today, by the way. For those of you who don't know, our studio where we record Motherish is in Pamela's quote unquote garage, which doesn't look like a garage. It's like a, a tiny little it's a house studio. thing. It's, it's a very studio. beautiful. But as the seasons change, so do the items that are out on display here. Not on display like in a fashionable way, just like out because they're coming out. And right now there are pumpkins around us. And honestly, it makes me happy. I know. And my creamer for my coffee today is pumpkin spice. So we're on track. And Everything's on brand. Are you ready for your motherish moment? Yeah, sure. I killed Spirit Week, I think. Oh, so God. my son had Spirit Week very, very early on in school. So for those who don't have kids in school yet or don't know what Spirit Week is, they assign a week where they have a different theme. So it's pretty much like Halloween every day for me. It's a different theme for each day. And, you know, it could be like we had this year like tie dye there. We had crazy hair day last year. We had sports day. We had blast from the past. So last year, Victoria, Karen's uh, little girl, had spirit week. And I had all these high expectations for Karen because she loves Halloween. She loves dressing up. But I don't know. For some reason, you weren't embracing. You weren't loving the spirit I don't week. like spirit weeks. I think I like Halloween. I like Christmas. I think things should stay where they need to stay. As it is, it's difficult to get my child dressed for school every day. And on top of that, we're going to make it spirited. So I just finished. Mine was not that complicated this year uh, it's his first year at this big boy school mine was not that complicated slash facetiming from me facetiming me from target karen do i go for a 90s rock look or do i go for this and i'm like well because really? they, had, they had let I, I had borrowed a 70s disco costume like a halloween costume for blast from the past that did not end up fitting forward so last minute i had to run to target and figure like home make a blast from the past look which I love, by the way, ended up being my favorite one. He was super cute. It was super cute. So he's, you know, he's usually a, a challenge in the morning to get him dressed. But for some reason this week, he was a team player and he, he was looked like, like he was having fun. He had a blast. And obviously I had a, yes, I had a great time this. as well. I loved it. And then uh, nothing. I loved it. And I got great pictures and it was nice. It was a nice, 
experience for me. I was a little hesitant at the beginning because, again, he's getting older. He's like, you know, harder to negotiate with and get him dressed in the morning. But it ended up being a nice experience. So Amazing. I'm enjoying it. He's still so, it's so cute because this age, they're so little enough where they're so like, you know, babyish. But he's still big boy. He's like, you know, he's like a teenager. And it's like, um, he's only three. My motherish moment is just a quick highlight about how my photos for Santa trick with Victoria is still working and it's still thriving. I love that. Can you share this idea? Because like yes. I don't think we've actually... We've never talked about it okay. on Motherish. Yeah. So basically, obviously, every time we go out to a store with Victoria, which is all the time because she is hanging by my hip and I have to do all the things like with her, we go to a store. She's like, mommy, what are you going to buy me today? And I'm like, I'm not going to buy you anything today. Like, I don't like to set the premise of like, I have to buy you something every time we walk into by a the store. By the way, I have moms out there. I have failed and I had falling into this sorpresa every time I leave. <laughs> Me vas a traer una sorpresa, you bring him back a surprise for me. Of course, my heart melts and I make the guilt about going to work, about having to leave. I'm like, si, sí, mi amor, I'm getting you una sorpresa. So you now, but I can understand So that. I ended up going to the Dollar Tree and I bought all these fake sorpresas that I have stashed in my car and in my house. So whenever the mom girl kicks in, like, I have a sorpresa for him. That's wonderful. That's good. That's a good hack. That's a good hack. <laughs> we went, you know, we go to dollar store. We go to TJ Maxx. We go, we do all these things all the time. Things that I have to do that are not centered around her. And she's like, oh, but mommy, I really want this. And I'm like, no. And so my hack with her is that I say, we can't buy it today, but let's take a picture of you holding the toy. And then that way, at the end of the year, we'll send it to Santa and he'll know the kind of things that you want. This has been going strong for me since October of last year. I know. It's so good. I'm one Actually, year, I, I stole it too. I'm one, one year in. And like now, obviously, she's older. Negotiations are tougher. But she'll be like, mommy, I really want this. And I'm like, sorry, babe. It's too expensive. Or I already got you something today or whatever. And she'll be like, okay, foto para Santa. And I'm like, okay. And so I have an entire album in my camera roll of like just photos of her holding things. And she makes different faces. She'll be like, like make a sad face, make a happy face, make a surprise face. Like with all these random toys. If you're listening to this in the car with your children in the car, these pictures will be sent to Santa. He will get them. Listen, Santa's on a budget this year because <laughs> Mama Karen is unemployed. So I don't know. But I will send all that album. I'll do like a shared album with all of like the family. And like that way, They're not like, what does Victoria right. want for Christmas? No, you know what? Here's one year's worth of photos of what she wants for Christmas. I love that. I do that with, well, I stole that idea from you and I do it for, but now he doesn't, now he'll call me. Like if he's a commercial, mama, me quiero este juguete. Like I want, this is what I want. And I'm like, when does he watch commercials? When we do, I do YouTube TV. You don't subscribe to YouTube. No, I have YouTube TV. I don't let him watch YouTube at all. I get nervous. Yeah, yeah. I don't so either. I do YouTube TV. We do live TV. So I oh, do like, live TV. Right. I do oh. live TV. So we'll do like There's Disney or Nick there. Jr. and those commercials. Commercials are dangerous because so of this. He'll show me the commercials <laughs> and then I'll run. I'll take a picture of the screen and I'll be like, okay, I'll send it to Santa. Anyway, so I'm excited for our guest today. We have Dr. Kelly Cleary joining us today. And I found this. She leads a very, I didn't know about this, a very interesting initiative She is a pediatrician, a food allergy mom, and she is going to tell us a little bit about the Teal Pumpkin Project. So this number actually surprised me as well. One in 13 children is living with a food allergy. And obviously Halloween's around the corner, so we want to be sensitive to that. But before we have her join us, why don't we have her share her motherish moment of the week? Hi, doctor. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And I loved hearing your motherish moments because... 
Mine this week was kind of a big one, a big mom fail, and I forgot picture day. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so my children went to school dressed in T-shirts, and they are those kids in the class picture that are in the T-shirts and the athletic shorts and hair is probably not brushed. Um, but I've now forgiven myself for that, I think. But I'm, but now I'm talking about it right how, now. So how old are your children? It. So I have four kids. Um, my oldest is 14 and he's in ninth grade. And then I have a 12 year old in sixth grade and then two girls in third and fifth. And that's who I forgot the picture day for. You know what, it's fine. It's, I think it's, Liz, I'm very forgiving when it comes to these things. I feel like it's a lot. The schools put a lot on us. And, and for children, it's a lot, right? Like it's, it's to keep lot. up with work and then their agenda and their, yeah, it's a lot. Plus at that age, I think they have like lives outside of school that you also need to keep up with. And that is like, just like a personal driver job in itself so yes i'm a taxi cab driver after hours and you know their schedules are definitely more packed on the weekends and night than mine so it's yeah than, than a doctor <laughs> than an actual doctor like oh my god i know well doctor thank you for joining us why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal motherhood journey how did you discover that you were that one of your children had an allergy and how you know how was that journey so is actually my second child, so my 12-year-old that has food allergies. So became a mom with my first Ben and, you know, everything. He was able to eat all foods, no issues. And then truly my second son, when he was born, within a week, we knew something was off. Wow. He couldn't sleep. He's one of those kids that certainly is on, you know, the very severe side of food allergies, but... He couldn't sleep. Every time he moved his head, he would get hives because he was just so reactive to the things that I was probably feeding him through breastfeeding. And we discovered that, you know, more at around six weeks to two months that he had multiple anaphylactic food allergies. And then through the years, you know, we've been in some situations where he has needed epinephrine. He's gone to the hospital. He's been admitted to the intensive care unit. But through it all, he is a remarkably resilient kid and, you know, probably the most fun-loving of my four and my crew. And, you know, it's just, it is a different way of parenting because we live at a different level of vigilance for him than I do. My other three kids do not suffer from food allergies. So, you know, it's also that balance of what do we keep in the house so that the house is safe when we go out to eat? How can my other kids enjoy, you know, very robust meals when, you know, we're constantly reminding them then they have to wash their hands or not to be, you know, you know kids, not to be kissing and licking and yeah, <laughs> everything yeah, yeah. else that could happen that we don't want to happen at a dinner table. So that is the challenge. Um, but, you know, truly, I think that he learns from that how to advocate for himself and how to be a better communicator and he is, as I said, a really resilient kid. So I'm proud of that for him. I have a question about food allergies. So are they uniquely genetic or is this something that can develop? Because I remember when Victoria was born. That's a great question. Um, 
you know, I was going to start, I was researching getting ready to start solid foods with her. And I started reading about baby led weaning and they started talking about the importance of exposing them to a lot of the allergen foods first to try to make sure that you can prevent this. So yeah, there's so many myths and realities like, so, about yes. allergies. Like, you know, do they, is it true that if you expose them, then they eventually they don't develop the allergy? Like what is the truth behind food allergies and how could we prevent them if we can at all? Mm-hmm. So I love that you're asking that because that is actually the research that everyone is trying to get out there to families and doctors. So the reason why there are myths is because 10 or 15 years ago, the guidelines were completely different. So when my son was born, it was keep peanuts away from him, avoid allergens, introduce them when he is older. Now that has changed and there are only a couple of small parameters where we say to wait, but that's, you know, I always tell people, talk to your pediatrician, ask about early introduction because that is what we're seeing prevents food allergies from actually happening. So really in that four to six age, you know, four to six month age group, talking to your pediatrician about how do I introduce these? Because we are seeing the overwhelming majority of food allergies can be prevented through early introduction of these foods. There are some that won't be, but you just have to be really careful in doing it. I remember one of the first things I got forward when he was, we started doing the baby let weaning or like the actual solid food was those peanut puffs, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like these small puffs. I got them, you know, on the internet and they, they're like, they come in little like chip bags, like bags and they're peanut and they're very soft. They kind of dissolved in the mouth and he would like grab them or try to grab them at that age. He was only six months with his little hand and that was like his first exposure to actual peanut you know so I, mean, I, I remember I gave Victoria a toast she was six months old half a piece of toast with almond butter and I was like this like I was like ready I had the um I think it was like Benadryl or something like I had it on the table and I was like Juan you know what like we're gonna start with the allergies and he was like you need to calm down I was like I just don't feel prepared that I know what to do if my child happens to have an allergic reaction, like what do I do in that moment? So can we talk about, you know, maybe for some new parents, if they do this, what are the signs of an allergic reaction in children? And, and what actually, should how we dangerous, do? How dangerous can there really be? I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say ignorance, but maybe they minimize, you know, the dangers that these children face. And again, I'm telling you because I, the other day, a parent made a comment kind of like, oh, I'm sending this to my child. And I was like, well, I think that has peanut or peanut oil. If people don't care. And they're like, oh, I'm, oh whatever. People it's don't not a big care. deal. It's not a care. So I think it's important yeah. and I, to kind of emphasize on the danger that these children, if they are indeed allergic to any of these foods that they mm-hmm. can face and why other parents who perhaps don't have children that are allergic to these foods, how sensitive we have to be also. That's my favorite question ever to be asked. But I also want to comment on you talking about the peanut puffs because you are exactly right that that's how that whole guideline changed. What people realized was that in countries where babies were eating those peanut puffs as a regular part of their diets, they had less food allergies. So your peanut puff, that's actually how a lot of this research even came about, is that they noticed that in countries where they were really popular, food allergies were less. But um, in terms of allergic reactions, allergic reactions could be mild, but can go to severe and life-threatening. And as I said to you before, I mean, my son has been all over that spectrum with food allergies. So You know, there are times that he may have a very mild reaction and just have a couple of hives or he's sneezing or an upset stomach. But then there are times that 
his allergic reaction may either progress or start out very severe where he has, you know, vomiting that's not stopping, you know, severe abdominal pain, difficulty breathing, feeling dizzy or faint, which denotes to me that like he's got changes in his heart rate and in his blood pressure and it can be life-threatening so there are you know fatal anaphylactic reactions especially if they're not treated in a timely way so I always love the question of you know well what could other families do because I, I remember I when I started at FAIR which is the food allergy research and education I was talking to a mom who had kids in college and we were just talking about my experience as a food allergy mom. And she was the kindest, most empathetic woman. And then just said, I wish that I had thought about that when I was like throwing my son's birthday parties. And I can't tell you from walking, you know, in the shoes of a food allergy mom, when my son goes to a, a birthday party and someone is like, is there something I can get for him, right? Because he's never, he's 12, he has never gone to a birthday party and been able to eat the food that the other kids can eat. Just that idea of inclusivity from other parents, it just means the world to all of these kids. My favorite thing is when my mom group you know, will call us on a celebratory day for, you know, the boys and say, well, we'll go to this place because we know that Jack could eat there. And it's just sometimes something very little, but it's just including and making, you know, the food allergy part of it not be the, the dominating part of it, which it often is. Hacer tequila Don Julio es como escribir una carta de amor a México. Beber tequila Don Julio es como declarar ese amor al mundo entero. Don Julio es el tequila de lujo original, hecho con la misma pasión que recorre las raíces de nuestro país. Porque si no es por amor, ¿para qué? Consume responsablemente. Don Julio tequila, 40% alcohol por volumen 2020, importado por Diageo, America's New York, New York. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs. Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs, ya. Why don't we talk a little bit about FAIR, F-A-R-E, and you know how that came about. Yeah, so FAIR is the largest nonprofit for food allergies. Again, it stands for Food Allergy Research and Education. And we really try to work on three pillars. So research, where we're funding research to try to make treatments and quality of life better for anyone in the food allergy community. Advocacy, which is you know, we've got a great event that we do every March where we bring food allergy advocates from across the country to the Capitol and we lobby for food allergy legislation. And, you know, what's amazing about that is sometimes you'll see these you know, 11 year old, 12 year old kids on Capitol Hill telling their stories of this is what happened to me and this is how some type of legislation can make that better. And then we do a ton of education. And that's my area at FAIR is education. And I love it because it just combines, you know, my family life, my life as an ER doc when I, I don't currently work there anymore, but I was in uh, my fellowship is in emergency medicine. And it just, you know, also my love for education. So what we do is educate new families, educate healthcare professionals, educate anyone who wants it, schools, coaches, to tell them, 
hey, this is what you would look for in a food allergy or if it's a school. This is how you can help make your school more inclusive. Um, this is how you can improve the quality of life for anyone in the food allergy community. So that's our mission. And, you know, for us, a lot of us there, it's personal. We all have connect. Many of us have connections to food allergies. You don't realize another as you're speaking, I'm realizing it's something that affects obviously the child, but also his parents, his siblings, his whole Everyone. community. It mm-hmm. really, you know, has to be a, a village or team effort when dealing with this. That's 100%. And, you know, if you talk to my other three kids, their lives are just as affected. They want to help with the food allergy community as well because they see how hard it's been for their brother. And, you know, I think that that's what is sometimes so amazing about this community is the getting together and strengthening families just through groups. And so many of my community and my son's friends' families have just made our lives so much more wonderful because they truly do care about having him included and feel safe at other events or family events and and things like that. So it really does, it extends way beyond just the person with food allergies. So if a parent um, is in the presence of what they suspect to be a food allergy with their child, what what should they do? So again, because food allergies could vary from being mild to moderate to severe to life-threatening, you know, if it's a mild reaction, we say, you know, give an antihistamine like a Benadryl or Zyrtec and make sure that you're just watching that child to make sure it doesn't progress. If the reaction is a life-threatening reaction, Families in the food allergy community know we give an epinephrine auto-injector. Epinephrine with anaphylaxis, and anaphylaxis is a severe allergic reaction. And so I always say that's breathing problem, changes in your heart rate or your blood pressure, or two signs from anywhere else. So vomiting profusely and also full body highs. That to me is, you know, you need medication for anaphylaxis. And the medication is that epinephrine. And we say, if you suspect anaphylaxis, it's epi first and epi fast. And that's what really helps anyone that is having a severe allergic reaction to become better. Thank you. Can we talk about Halloween? So Halloween is around the corner. What can all families do to be more inclusive and to make sure that we are, um, you know, doing right by the community of people who are dealing with food allergies? So Halloween is one of our top, you know, holidays in my family. So I love that you have your pumpkins out because my kids are pressuring me to decorate this coming weekend. But, you know, it does look a little different for kids with food allergies or other medically restrictive diets, right? So when my four kids go out on that trail, three come home with buckets that are half eaten, wrappers that I'm just, you know, going through and trying to figure out what did they, how much candy and how big of a stomach ache should I expect. But my son with food allergies cannot eat a single thing on the trail because we've got to come home. We have to read every label. We have to make sure that they're safe for him. We have to take out anything that is not safe for him. So it's really different. So in 2014, FAIR started the Teal Pumpkin Project. And now we're actually um, working with CVS, who is a sponsor for us for this project. And you put a teal pumpkin out on your front doorstep, and that allows kids and families to know that your house has non-food trinkets or treats that are available for those kids. So my house, we have two bowls, one bowl still with candy and one bowl that we fill with, 
you know, make sure whatever you fill it with that you don't mind having it in your house because sometimes there's extra. And one year I bought slime. (laughs) (laughs) One year I bought slime and I regretted that on a No, no slime, slime. no kinetic sand, (laughs) no play doh, like no, (laughs) no glitter. (laughs) Nope. So now we go pens, pencils, bubbles, but just things. I actually do a lot of like, just because of my ER pass, I do a lot of like Halloween glow sticks because that adds safety for other reasons mm-hmm. when you're on the trooper treating so trail. smart. It's a good one. But you know what? It just allows kids to feel more inclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And CVS has in like, I think it's over 7,000 mm-hmm. locations. They have at this point over 100 items that they're selling that are non-food treats that just make perfect teal pumpkin accessories to go in there. So it's great. The first time I saw this uh, was a year ago. I went on a Disney cruise that was the Halloween-themed Disney cruise. And they had a separate, you know, depending on the color bag they gave you for the trick-or-treating on the cruise, it was like one that was for people with food allergies and, and they had different snacks according to, or treats according to, you know, your preference. And I was like, wow, like I had never, I had never seen that. And I thought it was really great. And my understanding is that they also do that at, because now this year we're not going on the Halloween cruise. We're going to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party at Disney. So they do that there too. I wanted to go back to Karen's comment when I mentioned this anecdote with a parent that really didn't seem to care when he sent a, you know, food to in his kid's backpack that he was not allowed to send to school. The fact that you feel like, do you feel like there's a lack of empathy with the community? I feel like there's a lot of, not a lot of tolerance when it comes to understanding that there are children who are allergic, that there are rules in schools. Like for some reason, I feel like there's a culture that's still lacking a little bit of empathy. So I think that a lot of that comes from not understanding the severity of food allergies and realizing that they could be life-threatening to these kids or adults in the food allergy community. And so that's why I feel like FAIR's mission is so important and why I joined it, because I think education is what will get us to create that empathy. I can even say within, you know, our own family and friends, when my son was first diagnosed and we needed to make changes to holiday celebrations or to other things because of his food allergies, the first response was, oh, are you sure you're not overreacting? You know, are you sure you're not going too far on this? And then, unfortunately, when my son had his first really severe anaphylactic reaction and almost needed a breathing tube and ended up in the intensive care unit was when a lot of people kind of turned that around and were like, whoa, we didn't realize how bad this could be. And so I think sometimes it's the empathy really comes from not understanding and not putting themselves in that family's shoes. I always, I do little talks at my kids' schools to, because I think it really starts with the kids, like teaching the kids how to empathize with one another. And half the time it's the kids that go home and say to their parents, I can't have that in my lunchbox because then I can't sit with Jack. But going in and teaching kids, well, you know, think about what if you couldn't. You know, what if you couldn't have the cupcake at the end of any birthday party? Or what if you couldn't have pizza on Pizza Fridays? And you see you see kids so young just take a step back and actually think about that for a second. Well, what if I couldn't, you know? And I think it teaches the kids empathy. And then I think they go home and they actually start to make that change. 
they can be empathetic at, at a really young age. I just experienced like Victoria having a very empathetic moment and she's four. And it was so interesting because I, I, I thought I had read somewhere that like they don't develop empathy until later on. Um, but it came so naturally to her and she was like, you're feeling this way. That also, I also feel this way because you're feeling this oh. way. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, but I think that's a really smart thing to do. And, you know, I, the only thing Victoria so far has come uh, home with was like things that were not allowed in her lunchbox the way they were served. Right. So like, mom, you can't forget to cut my grapes. We're not allowed to take pretzels or so-and-so got in trouble because he took pretzels to school. I'm like, okay, but I, I'm curious to have the conversation with her and talk about this a little more broadly. As I think about it even more, why people might not understand it as much, it's, I think that as you get older, people didn't have, I didn't have, and I'm aging myself, but I didn't have in my elementary school, a lot of people that had food allergies. And in fact, I didn't know anyone that had a food allergy in elementary school. But now... Why don't we talk about the myth and the reality with that too? Because my mom, you know, always like, oh, you know, when you were little, we never... You know, so they make it seem like it's like a new generational thing. But what's the reality behind? Is there the increased number of kids that are just more allergic now? Or is we just didn't know they were allergic back then? Like, what is... No, there's an increased number of people that have food allergies now. So now it's one in 13, as you mentioned before. And if you think about these classrooms across the country, that's two in every classroom. So that is certainly not how I grew up. And I, I think that that does definitely impact the way that some families look at food allergies. But it really has been an enormous increase in the incidence of food allergies over the last decade and a half. So there are a lot of theories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not to get into like too many like theories versus like the facts and the information, but is it across the board globally or is it more localized? It's global. It is. It's global in, in industrialized places. Like okay. and I'll kind of put it at that. And a lot the way I like to think about my own theory, which puts together all of the hypotheses of people much smarter than me, but it's the way that we as a human race have interacted with our environment over many, many years, right? So the changes in our hygiene, the changes in our microbiomes and gut, you know, in gut flora, our changes in antibiotics, in the food and the type of food that we consume, all of those changes just throughout time change our bodies, right? We end up changing small parts of us. And that's what happens with a food allergy. A food allergy is where something that your body does not see as harmless, my son's body sees it as an invader and his immune system just goes into overdrive. Wow. Well, this was really informative, doctor. Thank you so much for this conversation. Do you have any other no. things you want to ask? No, I no, think no, no, we no, should no. do, I mean, I want to make sure that not only through the podcast, but also through our social, our social media. media, like we make sure that we get this message out as much as possible because I think it's it's important for awareness, for empathy, for education. Um, so you can count on us to make sure that we do that. Is CVS also providing the little teal pumpkins or you just... You can buy teal pumpkins at CVS. The other thing you can do is go to our website, foodallergy.org. You could even just download a sign and put that on your front door. So the, there's a free sign that you can just tack on your door so that families know. We have a map on our website that families can add. Um, but I, I really will tell you that when we see a teal pumpkin on the trail and my son is now 12, his face still lights up. And it's not because of what he's getting. It's because I feel like he feels seen. 
you know, and that someone recognizes it. So, so thank you. We, know, there's we, a before we, and after. We got, we got emotional so easily lately. Yeah, yeah. But no, but there's a before and after with this conversation because now, like, you know, we can really, we can help. So we're going to thank you. Teal oh, pumpkin. Teal pumpkin. <laughs> it's easy and it's fun. Your kids will love it and talk about teaching empathy. This will be the last thing I share, but my son at an early age, when he came out with a teal pumpkin and with that bucket, he opened the door and it was a friend and he was like, oh, you want, you have allergies too? And she said, no, I have diabetes and I can't eat any of the candy. And he said, well, that's your special. So here's, take something from here. So kids, they get it. They want to empathize. They want to understand. So Teal Pumpkins all the way. And thank you for having me and letting us tell you this. Thank you so much. I love this. Thank you, Dr. Kirit, for joining us. And uh, happy holidays and happy Halloween. Yes, safe and happy Halloween. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere AroPay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de $25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa. Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs ya. Yeah. 